speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within his presence I speak Jesus in your mind right now Maybe there's a need of somebody that you know very closely. Maybe they're ill. Maybe they're going through something. Maybe it's your own life. But just together for the next few, just a few moments, just begin to say Jesus. Just say his name and speak literally, speak Jesus over these situations. Jesus, you see everything. Jesus, you understand everything. Jesus, you are all-powerful, almighty. Jesus, you know what is in the hearts and minds of your people today as they stand as we stand together in your presence. Jesus, you understand everything. And Jesus, you are more than willing to do things that we cannot do, to do the miraculous in their life. So in the mighty name of Jesus, we speak your incredible name, your awesome name, over every person, over every situation, over every illness. Lord, over every discouragement, over every depression, over every everything, we speak the name of Jesus today because it is the greatest name. It is a name by which all men and women are to be saved. Lord, bless your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of God today. And I saw, you know, it's the beginning of the year, and I saw Lisa Fry out there with her box of goodies to give out, right? So please make her job easy, if you would. You see her, and don't bombard the poor woman, but just, you know, if you see her, go, go look for her for your end-of-the-year giving statement. That would be a huge help. And again, we continue to just uh, appreciate those that are faithful in their giving, and uh, it's incredible what God can do as we're obedient to him. So let's pray as we receive this morning's tithe and offering. Lord, we give you ourselves. We're grateful for who you are beyond words. And so our giving today is just a reflection of that. I pray blessing over each gift and giver in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Hey, um, if you are our guest today, maybe you came with somebody or you are a person that just heard about our church uh, online or through a friend and you're here today, uh, it would be a tremendous help to us to be able to say thank you for being here today. If you could fill out your Connect cards in front of you, in the, well, I guess if you're in the front row, it's not, but um, uh, if you could fill that out and please return it to uh, the Welcome Center out here, that would be uh, a great help. And we can just say thank you for being with us. And we really are hoping our prayers that you enjoy your time uh, with us today. We, we have a few announcements. And uh, one of them, um, I'm actually, uh, the, the uh, youth ministry uh, here at Praise, which has been Powerline for years, um, we've had a name change and a logo change. And I could tell you about it, but it's probably just better. It's probably just better if I show you. Isn't that better just to see it? Thank you, Pastor Brandon and Lynn. Okay, appreciate that. But no, we've had, we've had a name and a logo change, and uh, also our, our kids are actually adopting the same logo. They're going to have a little modification to it, uh, praise kids, but we are excited about that. And just to let you know as well, real quick here, because today's Communion Sunday as well, but we have these new t-shirts that are going to be for sale now. We're making sure that all the students that want to get them, get them first. Uh, that's the front here, and then the back, hold on, and the back is there, a little logo up the spine trick, huh? And uh, it's, uh, they're pretty sweet. They're, they're super soft, um, poly cotton, and they're, they're just great long sleeves, especially this time of year. So in, in about a week or so, we'll be able to sell them out there. So if you're interested in getting one, you can do that. On the heels of that, our youth, we have an event at the Delaware Blue Coats game. will be on Monday the 17th. Make sure you sign up. Uh, students or DM us and letting us know that you're coming. Also, a couple things too, the Missions Choir. Uh, the sign-up sheet is out there. If you're interested in being a part of the Missions Choir, and that's going to be the, the, the Missions Banquet's going to be March 6th, so we need to get names up there. If you're like, I don't sing well. Anybody sings well in a choir, trust me, it's fine. It's fine. If you like to sing, if you're a shower singer and you don't want to sing in front of people, Missions Choir is a perfect spot because all, together we all sound much, much better. And then baptismal service, we're really down the wire on signing up for that. So um, if you uh, have come to know Christ as Savior, but you haven't had the chance to be baptized in water yet, as a public profession of your faith, whether you're a, 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 a child who's understanding or, or a young adult um, or an adult, and you want to do that, please make sure you sign up there so that uh, we can make sure that you have what you need in order to do that. God bless you guys today.
last couple of years, we've had a lot of things going on. Most of them not so great. <laughs> I hate to even say the word COVID anymore. But in spite of that, God still has a plan. And his desire is that everyone, according to his word, his desire is that everyone would come to repentance. And so we have a job to do, and that's to tell others. Amen. And one of the things I believe as we have entered into this new year, and this isn't just New Year's rhetoric, but I really believe that we're going to see the average rank and file yet to be a believer person out there to be more open about where they're at and that opportunities will be presented to us to share Christ. So look for those opportunities. Uh, as we just saw in that video clip, the fields are ripe, but we need laborers. And that simply means you and I going out there day to day in our jobs, <clears throat> in our schools, wherever we are, and sharing Christ when that opportunity happens. Amen? And in fact, it, it's almost a segue to the title for my message today, and that is Land Still to be Taken. We're going to talk about land still to be taken. And once again this week, we're going to be looking at the Old Testament book of Joshua. And this time I'm going to start by reading from the 10th chapter, just two verses, Joshua 10, verse 29 and 30. It says, Then Joshua and all Israel with him moved on from Makeda to Libna and attacked it. The Lord also gave that city and its king into Israel's hand. The city and everyone in it, Joshua put to the sword. He left no survivors there. And he did to its king as he had done to the king of Jericho. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to see from your word exactly what we are to do. Lord, that we would receive guidance this morning from your word, as we, as we should always expect. Guidance from your word, wisdom from your word, true direction. And Lord, I pray that you'd open our hearts to hear your word. Lord, that seeds, the seeds of your word would be planted into our hearts today. And we ask for your anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, you know, just two simple verses. And I just want you to know, though, that those two verses are going to be repeated over and over and over. Because we're actually going to go from Joshua chapter 10 all the way through chapter 22 this morning. And um, I will preach long enough that whatever precip comes down, it'll warm up nice. And you don't have to worry about slip sliding home today, okay? Uh, but, yeah, we're going to cover a lot of chapters in a sense, we're actually going to skip a lot of chapters because these two verses are indicative of where Israel is going to go under Joshua's leadership from this point forward. For the next 12 chapters or so, we are given a list. And this is why I don't want to read them all. We're given a list of other cities that are going to be conquered one by one by Joshua and the Israelites, Joshua and his people. And then we're told as well how the land will be occupied and divided up among the tribes of Israel. And I want to just give you a sample of the conquests of the Israelites. And this is, again, chapter 12, but verse 7. Joshua chapter 12, verse 7 says, These are the kings of the land that Joshua and the Israelites conquered on the west side of the Jordan, from Baal Gad in the valley of Lebanon, to Mount Halak, which rises towards Seir, their lands Joshua gave as inheritance to the tribes of Israel according to their tribal divisions, the hill country, the western foothills, the Arabah, the mountain slopes, the desert, and the Negev, the lands of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And then he lists these. The king of Jericho, one. The king of Ai, near Bethel, one. Joshua 12, 10. 
The king of Jerusalem, one. The king of Hebron, one. The king of Jarmuth, one. The king of Lachish, one. The king of Eglon, one. The king of Gezer, one. The king of Debir, one. The king of Geder, one. The king of Hormah, one. The king of Arad, one. The king of Libna, one. The king of Adullam, one. And the list continues. And, and I don't want to take time in reading all that, but there's something interesting in chapter 13. And in my New International Version of the Bible, this is what gave me the title for today's message. Because the, the chapter heading in the New International Version of your Bible says this. It says, land still to be taken. Land still to be taken. And in spite of all the conquest, city after city, there's more to be taken. And you know, I want to reflect on this for a moment today because I wonder, I want to propose to you that just possibly you and I today have land or territory that we have yet to conquer, at least symbolically in our lives. Because you see, from the first days of becoming a Christian, every one of us began to experience struggles, trials, temptations, opposition, spiritual warfare. If you have known Jesus as your Savior, if you really are a born-again believer, then you know that you've had some real challenges after coming to know Him. And we now know how to fight the good fight. And we know how to be victorious. But I want you to know this, that the battles are not over. No matter what you've been through, and you've been through it, you're still here and you're still victorious. The battles are not over. There's always going to be more ground to conquer while we walk this side of God's eternal promised land. As we look at Joshua, they've entered the promised land. They begin to take over the promised land. We have more to conquer yet, just as they did. And we're going to have those battles until... We finally go to be with Jesus for the ultimate and ground to be gained. So you see, taking territory is not just something that's Old Testament. It's not limited to just Joshua and the Israelites, but it's really, truly, fully a New Testament and contemporary event as well. For example, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, the Apostle Paul speaks of giving no ground. He says, give no ground, no territory to the devil. And as he uses that phrase, ground, the word in the Greek is topos, which we get to topography, how the, the lay of the land. He, he literally means physical location. We are to give Satan no physical location in our lives. No different than a city or a village or a district in Joshua's day. We are to give no ground to the enemy. We are meant to conquer and possess all for Jesus. Now, the New Testament application for this, the application for us today, is that we are to remove from our hearts everything that might cause us to yield to compromise. We're to remove everything from our hearts that might impact our relationship with God in a negative way. We're to purge out any and all influence of the world and the prince of this world. And that's why it's important for us to realize that that's why Joshua, when he took a city, was to annihilate the entire city. He was to completely destroy, completely wipe out their enemy so there'd be no opportunity for, for the Israelites to compromise. They are to instead conquer. They are to advance deeper into God's promise. Now, I want you to look, at, look with me again to, to chapter 12. And there's a neat thing about Hebrew names. Every one of them in chapter 12 had a meaning. Each one of these cities had a name, which denoted the character of that city. Some had good meanings. Others, most in fact, are not so good. 
And you know, when I began to go through this list, I wasn't the least surprised to find what the translation meant when brought into our English language. For instance, in, in this is chapter 12, verse 11, the sixth city that's listed here is Lachish. And it means invincible. That's what the Jews were up against. And yet they conquered it. It was invincible. In verse 20, there's a city, Akshaph. It means, I shall be bewitched. In chapter 11, Jabin, the king of Hazor, his name means stronghold. Jobab, king of Madon, his name means strife. The name of the Amorites translates as sayer. And the name for Hittites is terror. And so you see, there's just a, just a little sampling of how so many of these cities had, had names that were meant to be intimidating. And it showed us what Joshua was up against. These are the types of things that he had to face, that he had to overcome, and eventually conquer. And again, I would propose to you that we also have ground that the enemy wants to rule over in our lives. Now understand, he does not have title to it. Because you belong to Christ, he does not own you any longer. He has no legal ownership. Now, he will try to claim a right to you. He'll try to claim a right to that ground because Satan is a usurper by his very nature. He's a deceiver as well. But because when we give our lives to Christ, we give him every inch and every ounce of who we are. And Satan can't have that. Now, listen to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You're not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. We have been redeemed. We have been purchased. We've been purchased. We do not belong to Satan. Not one inch of us, not one ounce of us can be claimed by the enemy. And that's why, again, why Paul said, give no ground. We have been purchased, bought at a price. And yet, unfortunately, there's a dilemma. There's a dilemma between our position in Christ and our daily reality. Because even as a Christian, as you know, we face trials, we face battles, we face conflicts of, of, of many kinds. And that's why Paul urges us to give no ground to the enemy. We need to come against the enemy. Instead, we need to come against, we need to advance, we need to devote all of our ground, our habitation, our temple, if you will, to the Lord. Now, the cities that may be in our lives, the ground that we may yet need to have conquered in our lives, they, they, they don't have Hebrew names because we don't speak Hebrew, obviously, like Libna and Lachish. But in plain English, they have names like materialism, these are some of the grounds, these are some of the cities that we need to conquer in our own lives. Materialism, envy, rebelliousness, selfishness, discord, pornography, confusion, bitterness, willfulness, lust, foolishness, strife, fear, and so many others. You can, I mean, just think of the things that might be in your life that are holding you back. It's because they need to be conquered. It's almost as though Satan uses those as a foothold, you know, as a beachhead in this ground in your life. And we, need to, we can't even give him that. And just as each ancient city 
that's mentioned in the book of Joshua was an obstacle. Each one of those cities had to be conquered. They were an obstacle to God's people receiving the full promise of God. And it would take years to claim it all. These things today can be obstacles to us as well. Now, I know we all want victory in our lives. We, we all want victory over situations in our lives. No one in, enjoys going through a challenge or any kind of opposition or some kind of hardship. No one does. We want, we want financial blessing. We want good health. We want success in our lives, in our families, in our workplaces. You know, th- that's obvious. But what about having victory in the hidden places? You know, why should we not want victory over the strongholds that might be in our lives? And second to that, how do we get victory in these hidden areas? How do we get victory in these hidden areas? Now, part of the answer lies in what we first read this morning. And that was from Joshua chapter 10, verse 30. The Lord also gave that city. It could apply to any of the cities. The Lord also gave that city into Israel's hand. The Lord also gave that city into Israel's hands. Listen, listen to what it, what it says. The Lord also gave that city. In other words, the first step is in realizing that God has power over our enemies. It was the Lord who gave that city into Israel's hand. Let's not delude ourselves and imagine that we actually can conquer that thing on our own. We need to realize that God is the one who has power over enemies. And you know what? God has no, he has absolutely no problem conquering Satan. That contest already happened. It's in the book of Ezekiel, 28th chapter. Kicked him out of heaven. Cast him to earth. Now he's our problem. And so whatever you might be struggling with, nothing is too difficult for God. Now, again, Satan and God head to head, we all know who's going to lose. But I've learned that the human will can be a real challenge for God. It's it's too bad. I mean, I'm I'm glad that it's that way, but it's really too bad. You see, because... God chooses not to violate the free will of any one of us. That creates a problem. God simply will not act until we decide to participate with him. Cooperate with him. In other words, we have to be in agreement with God in order to gain victory in our lives. You see, Romans chapter 8 reveals just how obstinate human nature really is. I want you to read this. It's Romans 8 verse 5 through 8. It says, those who live according to the sinful nature. Now, the word can also be translated carnal, meaning of the flesh. Those who live according to the sinful, carnal, human nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. So again, as it's established here, the flesh is hostile to God. The the, the human, the carnal, is, is at war with God. 
And it almost sounds to me as though the way to victory is not for us to fight the enemy directly, but rather we need to first stop fighting God. Again, Satan is no contest for God, but because of this thing that he gave is called free will, we have to cooperate with God. I mean, possibly the reason we struggle with lost ground is because when we do, we're actually allowing our flesh, we're permitting our human will to strive to resist God, to fight against his will for our lives. I mean, just think of the last time you sinned in any way at all. What, what, how did you manage to do that? You simply imposed your will. And again, God gave us a free will to choose. Now, the Apostle James gives us some great advice. James chapter 4, verse 7 tells us, it begins with us first submitting to God. James 4, 7 says, submit to God, then resist the devil and he will flee. Again, notice the order of the required action. Submit to God first. Submit to God first. Then resist the devil. And truth be told, Israel never could have conquered the enemies, their enemies without God's help. It wouldn't happen. You know, and except for their one loss, the temporary loss to the city AI, because they eventually did conquer it, the Israelites had an undefeated record. That would have been impossible without God's intervention. And so the first thing we have to believe is that God is greater than our enemy. And he's greater than the ground that is yet to be conquered. And that is established in God's word. And you probably know it by experience. That nothing is impossible for God. Now back to the, the issue of the human will for a minute. Neither God nor Satan can violate the human will. Theologians tell us that every human being is a free, listen to this, a free moral agent. We are a free moral being. We can choose right and we can choose wrong. We can choose to please God. We can choose to sin. We can choose his will. We can choose our will. And we see it. It began in the garden with Adam and Eve. They made a choice. So we clearly have the ability to choose, whether it be the simple task of choosing off a menu at a restaurant after church today, or choosing to take a different route home at the end of a work day. Or it can be something more significant, such as choosing a mate, a marriage partner, or choosing between right and wrong. Anytime that God and Satan are influencing us, we always cast the deciding vote. It always comes down to two against one. There's never a three-way tie. We're going to serve either God or we're going to serve the enemy. And to show you the strength of, of the human will, consider this. And we know this by experience. You know this. But we also see it so pronounced. I, I, I mean, I think it's, it's pronounced through Scripture. But there, there's, there's passages in Revelation that speak about the stubbornness of the human will to the nth degree. And, and there's a picture here of how in, in spite of incredible suffering during the, the wrath of the end times, in spite of unbelievable destruction and hardship, tremendous pain and fear, we're told that repeated, we're told repeatedly that mankind, those who survived the rapture, and I quote, keep in mind, this is not the only time these, are, these words are recorded, but this is Revelation 16.10. It says that men gnawed their tongues in agony and cursed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. But they refused to repent. I mean, they are suffering the wrath of God. 
not tribulation, not hardship. They're suffering the wrath of God. And all they have to do to be spared from that wrath is to accept his offer of salvation. It says, men gnawed their tongues in agony, cursed the God of heaven, but they refused to repent. Does that show you the strength of the human will? God can crush Satan in a moment. And there is yet a day coming. Remember, Satan is a defeated enemy of ours. He's not yet destroyed. That's coming. All they had to do in Revelation was to repent, to change their mind, to submit to God. And they refused. Their human will, even at that point, that degree of suffering, would not bend to Almighty God. And what about Satan's influence on human will? You know, we, we should know, of course, that he can tempt you. He is deceptive. He's capable of deluding people. But again, according to what God says, even he cannot make us. He cannot force us to sin. Amen. Sin is a choice that we make. Again, it's the human will. If it were not a decision of our own free will, then we could not be held liable. We couldn't be held guilty. If every time that Satan tempted us, we had no choice but to succumb, then he'd be the only one to blame. And now I want to just date some of you age-wise. How many remember Geraldine Jones? Anybody? You're all thinking of some political scandal, aren't you? Sounds like, a, sounds like Geraldine Jones. Remember Flip Wilson? How many remember Flip Wilson? All right, we got some old people here. Remember, remember her skits? And she would always say, the devil, I was going to try to imitate her voice right then, I'm not, the devil made me do it, right? The devil made me do it. Now that's funny, and it was funny, but it's bad theology. The devil can tempt, but he cannot force you against your will. He can deceive and he can lie, but he can never force your hand. And you know, when you analyze all that, it comes down to a battle of the will. The battle is always played out on the field of the human will. How many times did Jesus confront someone and he would begin with words like this? He would say, if any man will. I mean, you'd be amazed. Many, whenever you had an interaction with somebody, it always, always involved the will. If any man will deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. Or here's another one in, in Revelation. If he will open the door, talking about man. If he'll open the door, meaning the door of their heart, I will come into him and live with him forever. Revelation 3.20. And you see, that's exactly why some people do not accept Christ as their Savior. They do not because they will not. They don't want it. They will to not want it. It's not that they don't understand. It's that they don't want it. And then, too, I believe that there are Christians who also will accept Jesus as their Savior. And you know what I'm talking about, but they won't acknowledge him as Lord. Yeah, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to live my own way. It wasn't meant to be that way. He's supposed to be Lord as well as Savior. And because of that, because there are Christians that feel like that, that, yeah, I'm saved. And they're glad to be saved. But they won't yield to him. And as a result, you know what? These are people who have many cities in their lives. There are many obstacles. There are many strongholds in their lives that are yet to be conquered. And I want you to consider this. Just as God had wanted to give his people all the promised land, you know, God wanted them to conquer everything, every city. I also believe that God wants us 
to conquer every city that might hold us back. Every city in our heart, in our soulish part of man, he wants us to conquer every one of those strongholds in our lives. And it all begins with a choice to cooperate with him, to submit to him, and allow him to give us the victory. Amen. Let's pray for a moment. Lord, we acknowledge today that there is more land yet to be taken. And God, we know we could, we could, we could use this analogy to think of our nation. That there are, there are people across our nation who need to submit to you and accept you as their Savior. We could think about the world and how there are nations where the gospel needs to be preached And it needs to be made clear to those nationals in distant lands. Lord, we, we know that they, there's land to be conquered all around this globe. But God, our focus right now this morning is the land in our own heart that needs to be taken. That we need to submit ourselves to you. We need to submit ourselves to you. And resist the enemy. So he will flee. Lord, we, you bought us. Lord Jesus, you bought us. And every part of us is meant to belong to you. That you'd not just be our savior so that we can live in heaven forever, but Lord, so we can live for you right now on this earth. And because we're going to celebrate communion in just a moment, folks, I, I want us just to pray right where we are this morning that we would give everything to him right now. That we give him everything. The territory that we've been reluctant to give up before. And I listed so many of those cities like materialism and envy and fear. Whatever it might be in our lives, we need to turn over to him. And that would be a great way for us to to prepare ourselves for the Lord's Supper. Lord Jesus, please, God, forgive us of all sin, I pray. Lord, cleanse us of all iniquity. Lord, I pray that you'd, you'd, you'd Lord, touch us in such a way that we would, by, by the power and conviction of the Holy Spirit, be willing to give over to you all the land of our hearts, that you would be Lord of all. Lord, I pray that we would submit everything to you. We give no ground to the enemy. We give no ground to Satan. And Satan, I bind you and rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit at work in us. Lord, we realize that just like Joshua, we can't conquer these cities in our own strength. We have to turn them over to you. And then you will conquer them for us, Lord. So we submit these areas of our life to you. And we ask for your will to be done. We ask for your will to be done in our lives, even as it is in heaven. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. At this time, Pastor Hans is going to If you haven't uh, 
found a communion cup, just do that now. If there's not one in your row, there'll be one in front of you or behind you. You know, we're just coming through uh, the season of Christmas where we celebrate the birth of Christ. And of course, gift giving is a part of that. And if if you buy electronics at all, one of the things that you're probably, probably pretty familiar with is buying something refurbished. Anybody ever bought anything refurbished here? You know, and there's some, you know, there's some value in that. You save a couple dollars. And, but I think oftentimes what we really want is what's brand new. Like no hands have ever touched it. Like it's in the box, the wraps on it. It's, it's just new. And I want to read you a couple of scriptures. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. Says, or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. In 2 Corinthians 5:17, a passage we're very familiar with. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. There's just something about new. Jesus didn't die to recycle your life and my life, to kind of take some things and shift it around and make you just, well, that'll do. Jesus literally died so that we could have new life. Now, how many can attest to before you know Jesus to now that you are not the same person? Is there anybody here that you can say, I am not the same. I don't think the same. I don't believe the same. I don't act the same. Maybe sometimes, right? But you're new. You're different. You're transformed in places that people can't see and in places that people can witness and see in your life. That's why he died. That's why he came. That's why we celebrate, because it's about being new. So let's take a moment as we hold the the bread in our hands today. Lord, thank you for newness. Thank you that you allowed your body to be broken for us so that we could be new, not refurbished, not, not kind of patched up and fixed up, but brand new. And Lord, we forever be grateful to you for that. And Lord, we celebrate it today, what you gave so that we could be new. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive together. Lord, there wouldn't be newness without your blood. Lord, your blood being shed for us is what enabled us to be transformed when we acknowledged you and received you and accepted you. And Lord, that same blood that saved us the day we came to know you is the same blood that continues to keep us, is the same blood that's going to work as we share our faith with other people and Lord, in the days and weeks and months and years to come. And I pray that, Jesus, as we remember your blood that was shed today, 
Lord, may it remind us of what we were and what you've made us into be. May it remind us what our role is in this life as ambassadors to be able to bring you to people so that you can do the same in their life. Lord, thank you for your blood that was shed for us. We are grateful. In Jesus' name, let's receive together. Amen. Could we stand together today? Lord, thank you for your word from the book of Joshua. Thank you that there are lands, there are cities that still need to be conquered. And it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by your spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would do that in our hearts and lives. Let us be submitted first to you so that you can do the things that you long to do. Lord, as we leave this place, help us to be a light wherever we go. Lord, help us to be a light to every person we run into. And God, use us this week for the purposes of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you and have a, have a great day.